Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSite, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ladies of Life Sight. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Reba and Claire because our other lady, Lisa, is out on maternity leave. We've been a little quiet the last couple weeks as it's been campaign time, and then with Lisa out, we've just been completely inundated with stuff that's been going on. So we're really excited to be back with you all, and especially today with our guest. Megan Mulherin is coming on with us again today. She was on near the beginning of our podcast, and she's just absolutely wonderful. We're bringing her back on because she's been extremely involved in her community in fighting these COVID lockdowns, mask mandates, and really getting her kids involved even in a lot of this activism in defense of our freedoms. And I just, I, we all find it really inspiring uh, what Megan's been doing. And so we wanted to bring her on to share, share her story and uh, kind of some of her experiences with listeners and also to help encourage other people to get involved because it's so easy to, you know, look on the calendar and think, oh, there's a rally coming up or, oh, you know, there's, there's this or there's that, but Hmm, I need to wash my car. I need to mow my lawn. I know I'm really very guilty of that. But getting involved is so important. If we can't stand up for our freedoms, if we can't stand up for for life, faith, and family, what can we stand up for? So I am super excited to have Megan on. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me again. Of course, of course. Megan, kind of give us the background on what's going on in your state and what really uh, sparked you to get actively involved in fighting a lot of these really just insane, well, really suppressive laws. It was a hard winter in that I had just had the baby, so I had it my last baby was in um, November of last year so you know the winter at first you know Christmas and was just kind of like laying low because I had just had a baby and but then as I started to you know kind of feel better and want to get out and and my kids were at home with all of my kids were home with me all of the time and all of their activities were canceled. There was nothing for them to do. They couldn't go to ballet. They couldn't go to the library. They couldn't couldn't do anything. Everything was closed. Everything was canceled. And then slowly things started to come back, but they couldn't do anything unless they wore a mask. So I really started to, it really started to bother me. It bothered me before, of course, but as I could see it really affecting my kids in that not only were we supposed to stay home for a while? Now, now we have to wear masks wherever we go and whatever we do. And I, I don't believe in putting masks on kids. I think that it's wrong, especially given all the studies that they've done showing how harmful masks can be. And I, mean, I don't know if we have a way to maybe link to some of these studies. I know just recently some parents in Florida sent some masks in to be looked at, you know, tested under a microscope and testing for what was in the masks and they found you know pathogens all kinds of bacteria I don't know if you all saw this but oh it was just disgusting oh I couldn't believe it I thought and and we've been we've been putting these on our kids 
I, I wouldn't even want to touch that. Exactly. Like, why are you, why, why are people um, promoting this and making people think that this is the way to keep your kids safe by masking them with these dirty pieces of cloth over their face? So anyway, I heard about just locally. So I live in a pretty area it's not I don't live in a city but I heard about a rally they were having back in March and I went totally kind of last minute and my oldest daughter was super excited to come she made her own sign and everything and I was glad that she wanted to come you know it's I I feel um blessed to to have my kids under understand that the reason that we need to get out and show how we are standing up for our basic, you know, constitutional and human rights, right? I know a lot of kids I see with their parents and the parents aren't masked, but the kids are masked. And I'm thinking to myself, how does this happen? I guess in the schools where they're kind of indoctrinating these kids with, you have to wear your mask all the time to keep others safe. And I've really tried to teach my kids that, um, that is not true and there is scientific evidence out there showing that that's not true but also that you don't need to to be told by people that are not your parents that you must wear a mask so if you walk into a store and and the the clerk tells you you need to wear a mask I've told my kids if they ask you about wearing a mask or they ask you about you know have you had the shot that you're perfectly um, within your rights to say, I don't have to answer that question. You can talk to my parents and just walk away, especially with my oldest daughter, because she is a teenager now. So she's out and about. She has a job, which that's crazy, <laughs> but she's out there uh, without me sometimes. And so I really tried to make sure that she knows the things that are appropriate to say not being rude but appropriate to say you know as what following what her rights are so she was happy to come with me to two of the rallies that we we did here locally and um they had the best time like i would tell if you if you have the chance to go to a rally and bring your kids i would totally bring them because i think they get to see that we have the right in this country to speak out when we don't like something, no matter what it is, right? You have that right to go out, to to express your opinions, and we did that. And we all had signs, they made signs, they were happy to hold them up for all the you know people driving by to see. And it was a great experience. I think they felt really empowered themselves, like, wow, look what we did. We can go out and, and you know, tell people that we don't like we don't like wearing masks and we don't we don't think we should have to wear them and they felt they felt like they did something about those feelings that they're having because I know how they feel about that I think that's so awesome Megan because unfortunately with the public school system as it is nowadays and really just our culture in general we're really just encouraging people to or, or children at least to, to grow up and just be kind of passive, like, oh, it's fine, you know, live and let live, and you know, it, it'll be okay if it doesn't impact me, and even if it does, you know, it's no problem. But it, it is so important for society, for the core of democracy, for, 
for life, faith, family, for our freedom, for, for us to raise our kids to understand what it is that they're defending, right? Your kids, as they grow up and they're even greater assaults on our freedom, will understand, I, you know, when they're fighting for that, I'm fighting for my right to go rally like I did when I was, you know, young, however old they are, right? When I was younger, I'm fighting for my right for my voice to be heard. I'm fighting for the right to, you know, to speak out. And I think that that's just, that's so important for all of us as parents to work to instill in our kids. And I I honestly hadn't really thought about how powerful bringing them to a rally like that could be for a much bigger kind of base and foundation that you're laying in their life. It goes back to what you just said, Maddie, where it's just like they need to see that in action in order to really understand what it looks like later on in life when they, you know, when they get older and are faced with XYZ situation that they can look back and say, "I've, I've done this for years, whether it's, you know, fighting for, the unborn, whether it's fighting, you know, currently, as we've been talking about against mask mandates or vaccine mandates, etc. Like it, all of these fights that we that we are participating in, in order to make society better. That's exactly what our parents, our grandparents, great grandparents, that's what they all did each during their generation, they had a fight that they either chose to participate in, or chose to kind of stand on the sidelines. And I think there's something beautiful about taking your children and allowing them to see what it looks like to see our constitution in action. You know, it's a lot easier to go go to the voting booths without kids tagging along. But there's also something really beautiful about sitting there talking through what you're doing while you're voting to, you know, a three-year-old or or a 15-year-old, or, you know, any of those ages, that it's all important. So I think it's really inspiring to kind of go that extra step, because it is a little bit more work to involve your children in that decision and that process, but it's worth it in the long run. I mean, I would say it's a lot more work. You know, it's a lot more work to make the choice to homeschool your kids and and talk to them about all of these things instead of just sending them to, and I'm not at all saying there's anything wrong with sending kids to school. I'm not trying to say that, but it, I do know a lot of kids, I can see them that are just sent and off to school. And, and I'm hearing about all the things they're teaching these kids in school and plans that the you know, state has for them. And if you're if you're not getting involved in realizing what legislatures that you may not have voted for these people, but they're the ones that are in charge now and they're making these decisions. I just listened in yesterday, not yesterday, day before in my state on voting and it was horrifying. And these are the people that, that are going to you know, be writing these bills and making these decisions. So you have to be paying attention and it is a lot of work to be on top of it because it moves fast. It's happening so fast. When you were talking, Reba, about just a couple minutes ago, it, it made me think of the situation in the future. If you look back on history and your grandchildren maybe ask you, you know, oh, what what did you do while this was going on? You know, during yeah. COVID or exactly. I mean, 
Would you want to say nothing? That's been my my like inspiration to go ahead and stand firm while also teaching. You know, I've got little ones. You know, my oldest is almost four. And even that, just, you know, continuing to, to make that discussion and have those conversations even at this age so that it's ingrained in him that his mom did stand up and push back and that this is where our line is. And that's, I mean, it's hard, but I, that's been my inspiration is that I'm like, I want my legacy to be that, that I didn't just stand by while some of our liberties and freedoms that our country was founded on were taken from us, that I was part of the movement, which I see in you in terms of, you know, your willingness to go to these rallies and, and fight back. So you can say, oh, yeah, I follow Christ. But if you're not doing the stuff every day, then the fruits aren't there. And so, you know, it's the same it's the same thing that Christ calls us to take those actions and I think that he calls us to take action in, in our society as well in terms of standing for children. I mean, especially in this sense, you know, we've been talking about masking children and, and that that's, I think, you know, my mom wrote an article um, that we published on LifeSite, so we can link it in the description. It was really phenomenal because she was talking about you know, the symbolism of, of oxygen being, you know, specifically for life and that masks cut off that oxygen. And so in a lot of ways, fighting against the masking is specifically fighting for life. And I think that that's important here, too, that, that we are called as Christians as well to take action and fight for life because there are even instances in the Bible, and, and my mom mentions this in the article that she wrote, but there's instances in the Bible where it, where it specifically says, like, you can break the Sabbath day rules and, and regulations where, you know, you need to not work, but if it's for the sake of life— then by all means, that's that's acceptable. I don't know. I just find it really fascinating and interesting that you're talking about, you know, taking action and not just saying these things, but actually, you know, following that and that that's exactly a parallel to what Christ calls us to do in our relationship with him. That is really great, Reba. I love, I love that. Kind of tying that in, your mom did write a really good article and we will link it. I would highly encourage everybody to, to take just a few minutes and give it a read because it, it's, it is very important to say informed, but also kind of have a lot of those biblical arguments against masks and just everything that's going on. We just need that inspiration, right? It, it can get so difficult to keep trudging on and, and to keep fighting sometimes. So I would it'll be a link in the description. Please take just a couple minutes and give it a quick read. Megan, you did you actually organize a rally too yourself? I don't know if everyone ha has heard of the worldwide uh, day freedom they actually started in Maine organized I think in Australia and then they really started to have more demonstrations in Europe and that's where it really took off and then it started um, to spread over here in the U.S. I think as bad as we think it is here and it is I think it's even worse for people in Australia and Europe so it started to little locations started to pop up over here and that's when yeah I I said I really want to do this I can use tie in with a, a group locally that would you know use their email list and, and get uh, the word out to people locally so I 
was working with someone locally and he's not on any social media so he was glad you know I told him let's do this I'll do the social media part you know telegram and and whatnot and we can use you know your email list and we did have so the worldwide demonstration that was in May so it was May 15th I did kind of try to get get that off the ground here and there is another they are planning another day in July, July 24th. So they try to have as many locations as possible all across the world having a rally on that day. And it's really, it, you just start, start one. You know, if you can't get to one, if, if it's too far for you, I was just encouraging people to start one locally because it's nothing. You you use word of mouth, you know, get you tell your friends and, and your family and have them tell friends and family, you know, even if it doesn't have to be a huge group, like I said, I'm not in an area with a ton of people, but we did, we probably had like in May, I think it was about 75 people we ended up with, which was pretty good. And I think, I think I told you all when we showed up, they were with an ambulance with a free va um, vaccine vaccination site for the COVID shot. It was, it was crazy. And not by coincidence were they there. They were literally right where we said we were going to meet the ambulance. Like they pulled it up on the sidewalk. So we were there with them for about a half an hour. And I don't know how long they were there before us. So I, I can't say for sure. But while we were there, no one came for a shot, not a single person. So that was encouraging. And then they left um, about a half hour, 45 minutes in. And they said they were supposed there was one police officer that was talking to us and he was encouraging us. He said he was glad that we were there. He said they were supposed to stay there until 7 p.m. It was only 1230 and they left because no one was coming and our group was growing. So that was really an encouraging part of, of the day. But definitely if you are interested in starting a rally in your area and you, you don't want to travel too far, say one is a couple hours away, just start one. And if you're on Telegram, the worldwide demonstration is, is what it's called. And they'll make a little low, um, image for you. You can send them a picture of your area that you um, want to use kind of as the background and they'll, they'll put in the location and the date and the time and then they put it out uh, in their groups on Telegram. You can start your own group on Telegram just locally to organize amongst yourselves. So that was, I'm hoping to do it for the July one also. Things have been kind of crazy here, but I, I do hope to, to do it again in July. Do you have any tips for, for someone who would want to do it, who would want to start one for their own town? It was really laid back for me. Um, I don't know if that's partly because I am in a smaller area like if I were in a city I don't you know you would want to make sure that there were no rules for doing some kind of demonstration I know different cities have you know you have to ask for a permit maybe in a certain area if you want to do it in a certain park so I would definitely check that out because you don't want to show up and have them say oh you need a permit to be here so that would be one thing that you definitely want to research beforehand. We didn't. We just went. We were just on the sidewalk. And the only thing we had to do was stay clear of the crosswalks. But that was it. So 
that would be one thing because if if you don't check that out and you can't do it that would be disappointing but other than that i would definitely maybe find as i said i i used someone in the area that had already has an email list of people that were interested in ending medical mandates so that email list was very helpful because you can get it out the word out to people that would already be interested in that type of thing so that would be really helpful too if you know are in contact with someone that has a list like that to get them um, on board and see if they wouldn't mind sharing that with their email list. Other than that, I mean, it's really laid back and you can make it, if you wanna get speakers, I know some places have gotten speakers. I did print out some little flyers, like, I don't know if you all have seen this uh, brochure, it's 111 reasons not to get the COVID shot. And so I did print out some of those and, and bring them just to hand out to people. But you don't have to do that. I think it's just if you can get a group of people together and get out there and, and show other people, you know, that there are others like them that that don't want this and they're standing up and they, you know, might join you. I think we had several people that were just walking by that didn't necessarily know about the event. They were just walking by, but ended up stopping and talking and, and joining us. And I think what you're touching on is so important because you want people to know that they're not alone, right? It's the tool of the enemy to silence the majority, to make you think that you are the minority, when in fact, the majority of people don't back or see uh, or understand the reason for wearing these masks. It is the tool of the enemy to silence the majority because the majority of people don't want to wear masks, right? There are some people who do. You can see that there's an Ami Horowitz video of him asking people why they're still wearing masks even though they're vaccinated. And, you know, in some places, 70% of counties are fully vaccinated. A local county near me, 70% vaccinated. And when you hear that statistic, it's really discouraging. For somebody like me who's really against this shot, it, it is discouraging to think, wow, 70% of the adults in this county are totally opposed to things that I stand very firm on. And, you know, just getting to see people standing up and making their voices heard, I think is so important, even if it doesn't result in immediate legislative change or any other impact like that. You don't know how many people's hearts or minds you've you've helped not just the people who stopped and joined your rally, but what about the, the people who were driving by and saw you and that sparked a conversation or who saw you and thought, okay, great, I'm not the only one. And it gave them some hope for that day. You know, I think that that's so important and that's something that we don't put enough emphasis on. I also really want to point out before we end, because I know we're kind of getting close to time, but I think it's really important, Megan, your choice of language. You keep calling this COVID injection the COVID shot. Because it doesn't follow a classic vaccine structure, right? It doesn't inject the the COVID virus into you and then your body responds. Mm -hmm. It follows something very different with the mRNA in these shots. And so I think that it's really important because with the fall and denigration of language also comes the fall of society. If we give in and we start calling this thing that's not a vaccine a vaccine, it becomes easier for the government to rationalize forcing us to take it. If we give in and start calling, you know, an individual who's transgender by the gender that they think they identify with, not by their biological gender or, you know, using their 
I'm using air quotes, proper pronouns, we start losing the battle. That's when we start giving into all these things. And we may think, oh, it's just language. It's just a word. It's just, you know, whatever it may be. But I really want to commend you, Megan, for being so attentive to that because it does kind of take a little bit. When everybody's speaking a different way, it does take thought and d deliberateness in your in your speech. But I've been really encouraged to hear you. You haven't stumbled on it once. You'll hear me. I keep calling it a vaccine, even though it's clearly not because I've just been, I, I'm so used to everybody else calling it that. And I just, I don't know, I'm really inspired by you and your deliberate use of that language. And I just want to kind of encourage our listeners to start to pay attention to what they're also, the words they're using, how they're addressing things. Cause I think that that's really, that's also really important just in our day-to-day -day life. I don't blame you at all. It, it was in the beginning, I was doing the same thing. I was calling it a vaccine as well. And just have had, you just be conscious as I have more and more conversations with my family or even when I'm typing something, you know, just making sure that I'm calling it a shot. But it is hard because all over the news, every time you hear someone mention it, they call it a vaccine. You know, you have people coming out, you know, whether it's the president or, or whoever, and they are still calling it a vaccine. So that's what you're hearing all the time. So it's easy to to continue to use that word especially when you do your research and, and you read about what how it's made and what's going on and especially with something that I think is really important to look into is the doctor that has created the mRNA technology Dr. Malone coming out and, and expressing his concern I think is something that everyone should uh, really listen to and and think about and maybe share with other people too because if he has concern about his own technology being used in this shot I think that that should be a red flag for everybody yeah I mean that really does say a lot right I mean you are just so knowledgeable you are so inspiring and encouraging I cannot thank you enough for coming on today it has been just an absolute joy for all of us to have you on here and I'm sure our listeners feel the same so thank you so much I'm always glad to be here and I look forward to it anytime you know, chatting with you guys. Well, we love having you on, Megan, and we can't wait for next time. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Ladies of Life Sight. We really appreciate you making the time and spending it with us. And we hope you learned something and were inspired by this conversation. As always, to all of the articles and information we talked about are in the description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to our email list. You'll get an email every time an episode is published. That way you don't miss any of our awesome content. I'd also invite each of you to keep your eyes out and to, to complete when you do receive it, a survey that we're going to send out. We really want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you like about the podcast, what you want to hear more of, what kind of special guests we should invite on. Obviously, the four of us have a myriad of topics we, we would love to talk about, but this isn't about us. It's about you all, our listeners. So we want to make sure we're bringing you the content that you want to hear. On that same note, we would love to hear from you to see if you have any questions for our very special guest who's going to come on next week. Diane Weston is the wife of John Henry Weston, LifeSite News' co-founder, and we are super honored and superbly excited to have her on the podcast to talk about what it was like at the beginning of LifeSite and as LifeSite was founded, and also her journey as a mother of eight. She has just so much wisdom, so much knowledge, and she is a superbly godly woman. We are so excited to have her and we really want to share 
not only her grace and knowledge and, and inspiration, but we'd love for her to get to hear from you guys as, as to what some of your struggles may be or what questions you might have for her because she really is just a stupendous woman and we are we are over the moon excited. So that'll be next week. If you have any questions you would like to ask her, go ahead and email us at ladies at lifesightnews.com. L-A-D-I-E-S at lifesightnews.com. And uh, we will be sure and ask her some of those questions. If you have any other questions for any of us, please go ahead and shoot those over to that same email address, ladies at lifesightnews.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And you might even get featured um, on one of our episodes. So thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with you all next time. Bye.